thank you so much for joining us from Market Sense. I'm Heather Hedges with Fidelity. So Wall Street seems to be going all in right now. Last week, the S&P marked its seventh week of gains after last Wednesday, the Fed decided to hold rates steady. So it now hasn't uh, raised interest rates since July, in case you're keeping tabs. But more importantly, it gave its clearest signal yet that its aggressive hiking campaign is finished by signaling that it might cut by as many as three times next year in 2024. So to talk about this significant development today is Urian Timmer, Fidelity's Director of Global Macro. And this is one of our favorite episodes of the year, sort of fitting that we saved it for the end of the year, I guess, save the best for last, because we're gonna be sharing the results of Fidelity's Financial Resolution Survey, which is now in its 15th year. 3,000 people from across the country were asked about their biggest concerns when it comes to their finances and how they plan to address them in the coming year. So Leanna Davini is with us today, and she's gonna be breaking down for us ways to attack those concerns head on. Of course, she's a Massachusetts based branch leader here for Fidelity. A big welcome to both of you. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks. So glad to be here. Great to be with the A-Team for the last show of the year. So. Wow. Did you hear that, Liana? Urian called us the A-Team. A-Team. I love it. That was my early Christmas gift right there. Thanks, thanks, Urian. I'm flattered. Uh, before we begin, just a reminder to all of you out there, you can submit your questions for both Liana and Urian by commenting on LinkedIn or YouTube or on our website if you're watching on any of those platforms live. Uh, and some of the, the questions that you submit may even be used for our 2024 Outlook show that we are working on right now. So you can catch some of us together in person talking about what Urian and others are forecasting for the year ahead, as well as investing opportunities for 2024. And that's going to be coming up on Tuesday, January 9th at our usual time of 2 Eastern. So we're gearing up for that big show. We're really excited for it. And we'd love to hear from you about what you want to hear from our experts about on that show. So with that, today is Tuesday, December 19th. The time has really flown this year. Our final show of 2023, as I said, we've got a lot to talk about. So the Fed is loosening its tight grip. It's forecasting interest rate cuts for next year, Urian. Can we say now mission accomplished with the Fed's fight against inflation? Well, it certainly was a wild week last week. Um, you know, we had, so we had the 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 big Fed meeting, right? So the the Fed the Fed meets through its FOMC or Federal Open Market Committee meeting. Uh, almost every month, but every quarter it has this big two-day meeting uh, and it updates its summary of economic projections. We get a new so-called dot plot that shows where all the different Fed governors think rates are going to be. And after an entire year of the markets thinking the Fed was going to pivot, meaning it was going to start lowering rates, uh, the Fed has been saying until now, like, well, not so fast. We're going to stay higher for longer because even though inflation is improving, it's not down to the levels that we would like to see. And uh, and the market just kept pressing and the Fed just kept pressing back. And then all of a sudden we had this meeting where the Fed basically said, you're right. Uh, we are pivoting. Um, and the dot plot shows um, that the Fed governors expect uh, the Fed to cut rates three times in 2024. So that was really an about face that um, people were hoping for, but really not expecting. The Fed really did more than I think uh, anyone uh, expected. And as you can imagine, the markets, you know, celebrated that in a pretty big way. Uh, you know, the 10-year Treasury yield uh, has now gone from 5% to below 4 
in like seven weeks. I mean, it's crazy. Um, and of course, the stock market really went up in a big way um, and is actually now within a few percent of its all-time highs. So yep. really a remarkable week. Um, and I was frankly a little surprised um, how dovish, you know, we think of the Fed as hawkish or dovish, you know, more inside, inside jargon here. Um, but the Fed was quite dovish last week and more so than I think it really needed to be, but certainly the market is, is celebrating. Yes, certainly the markets were euphoric, both the stock and bond markets, you know, making strong gains after that news. Um, it's certainly been a Santa rally. Do you see us staying in a bull market in 2024? How does this translate to where we are in the market cycle? Well, so the, the Fed's pivot, uh, as it's called, um, raises the possibility that um, the very rare but coveted soft landing can be achieved. Uh, so if you think about it, going way back in history, you know, Fed was founded in 1913. So it's been around for over a century. Generally speaking, when the Fed is raising rates, uh, the yield curve, which is the difference between short-term rates and long-term rates, uh, eventually inverts. And that has historically always been uh, an indicator of a future recession. And so as we came into this year, that was really the dominant fear. I mean, we were talking about it. Everyone else was talking about it. It was about the kind of the left tail, right? If you think about a bell-shaped distribution, you've got the left tail, which is recession. The right tail is inflation. And coming into the year, I think there was a lot of hand-wringing about uh, recession. Will the Fed break something by raising rates so much? And then towards the middle of the year, uh, the fear was more towards the right tail event of, of you know rising interest rates and the Fed maybe going even further uh, in terms of raising rates. And of course, then the Fed started getting on hold uh, in, in over the summer, as, as you indicated before. Um, but it's, it's the, 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 the sentiment has been kind of driven by these two different tails. Now we're finishing the year kind of in that middle part, which is uh, where, where Goldilocks lives, you know, the Goldilocks uh, economy. Um, and so the hope is that the Fed so inflation has come down, right? A year and a half ago, the CPI was rising at a 9% clip. Today, it's rising at a 3.1% clip. So certainly a very big improvement. The Fed certainly can give back some of these rate hikes uh, because uh, even though inflation is still a problem, it's less of a problem than it was. And so with the Fed now able to pivot towards you know slightly lower rates, the hope is that the Fed is sticking the landing, the soft landing. And if you get a soft landing, uh, that's generally very good for the markets. And the last meaningful kind of analog to that was 1994. Uh, not, not all of you were around back then, but I was. Um, Alan Greenspan, the maestro, as he was called, raised rates in 94 by uh, three percentage points out of the blue. Um, and, uh, and he achieved the soft landing. He stuck the landing. And in 95, he gave back three of those rate hikes he gave back. So he, he cut rates three times. In 1994, the market was just in this holding pattern. 
uh, for a year. Sounds familiar because the market's been in a holding pattern for the last two years. And then in 95, and this is not a prediction, but in 95, the S&P rose 37%. Uh, again, not a prediction, but that gives you a sense of the sigh of relief that a soft landing can produce. And that's certainly the sentiment as we go into 2024. And remember, um, the market's been dominated by a handful of really large cap stocks, tech stocks, while the rest of the market's just kind of been left behind. And so my hope is that 2024 is that we'll see a broadening, a bullish broadening where the stocks that were kind of held under this vice of a tightening uh, of tight monetary policy can kind of breathe again. And that's and that's my my sense for 2024. All right, hoping for a bullish broadening. By the way, Urian, not only was I around in the mid-90s, but at the end of the 90s and early 2000s, I worked with Alan Greenspan's wife, so. Excellent, excellent. Yes, definitely was around was in, for that. I was in kindergarten. Remember too, Leo? So. I was in kindergarten, <laughs> I'll, I'll admit. <laughs> Okay, well now everybody knows how old we are. All right, so let's talk about um, counting down to the, the the you know new year here. One reason I'm wearing this sparkly top today, and we are learning as we are heading into a new year that this is good news. Americans are feeling pretty optimistic, pretty good about their financial futures, which is always good to hear. So according to Fidelity's 2024 financial resolution study, 66% of the people who we surveyed are planning financial resolutions. And two out of three people surveyed are feeling more confident that there are brighter days ahead. So that's wonderful to hear. Leanna, just curious if this is surprising to you at all and what kind, what kind of sentiment you're hearing in your branch. Are you encountering this type of optimism in your branch? I am. So I lead a team of financial planners here and a lot of the sentiment has been positive. And yes, it could, it could be the market, uh, which has been nice, just what Urian was saying. But many clients are coming in end of year. They want to get organized. They want to implement strategies to set them up for success. And Fidelity study found that Americans want to improve their financial lives by conquering their financial goals and gearing up for a year of new chapters and also living practically is what the study found. Uh, pandemic pessimism is subsiding and planning is making a comeback with women leading the way. So the study found that 83% of women agree that having a plan in place will help them handle the unexpected and 78% of men also share that sentiment. And also the younger generations continue to express the most confidence. So three out of four claiming they'll be better off financially in 2024. That's terrific to hear and always good as responsible investors to hear that more people are making financial resolutions. So what are some of the most popular financial resolutions according to our survey, Leanna? So this year's top three financial resolutions you'll see on your screen uh, came out of save more, pay down debt and spend less. That's all pretty close to one another in terms of the most common resolutions. Save more money came in as the top resolution with 41% of people surveyed giving that response. Pay down debt came in close with 38% of people surveyed, followed by spend less. And that's pretty consistent from previous year's resolutions. I think this is our fourth market sense on the resolutions, and that's what we have seen. But a slight shift from last year, more Americans are looking to prioritize long-term goals. So like retirement, college savings, healthcare, compared to short-term goals, being credit card debt, mortgages, or some big ticket purchases. 
I think this is great to hear because a big part of what we do when we work with clients is to help understand the responsibilities of your investments based on the time frame for your goals. So your shorter term goals are going to be treated differently than your long term goals and think long term goals is typically more than five years while short term goals is going to be less than five years. And so we talk about things for short term like CDs, money market savings, long term might be more like diversified portfolios where you're going to have equity exposure and fixed income. Okay. Uh, also, no surprise here. Our study also found that inflation continues to be the biggest concern for the survey respondents, along with unexpected expenses and also economic uncertainty, which sort of uh, all goes along those same lines. Yuri, and I wanted to bring you back in because at the top of the show, we were talking about the Fed's seemingly successful progress that it's made against inflation this year. So where are Americans still feeling the pain of inflation? And when will the full relief come or will it come? I, I think it, it takes time. And remember last year, uh, so when we take the, so the peak was 9% in June of last year. Uh, but for the entire year, inflation was, you know, 5 6%. So really uh, significantly higher than what, we've, what we're used to, right? For the last several decades, inflation ran at 2% or even less. So from 2 to 5 is a is a big jump. And when we look at the inflation data today, uh, the CPI, which is Consumer Price Index, is down to 3.1. But the core CPI, uh, which is strips out food and energy, not, not that we don't consume food and energy, but the Fed likes to look at that because it, the food and energy components tend to be more volatile. Uh, that's running, you know, closer to 4. And if you want to keep going and stripping out things, when you the, one of the new favorite indicators of the Fed is called Supercore, which also strips out housing. Not that we don't need a place to live, but uh, but the reason for that is that um, the housing inflation has very long lag times because you know when when someone signs a lease, you're in that lease for a year. So the Fed wants to measure you know how much effect its tightening has had. So when you strip out uh, housing as well as food and energy, super core inflation is running around 4%. So when you think about that part, uh, it's, you know, it's improving, but for, it's still 4% higher. People are still paying 4% more for stuff than they did a year ago. So inflation is improving, but anytime it goes up, you know, it's, it's inflation and people have less money to spend for every dollar they make. Now, fortunately, people's jo people's wages are generally keeping up with inflation right now, and uh, and of course, you know, other than you know a lot of bank deposits, which still don't pay a lot. Uh, if you buy a money market fund, you're getting you know five five percent plus. So at least you know that mitigates the, the the pain somewhat. But it's understandable why people are still feeling this, and certainly. Older folks who were around during the inflationary days of the 70s, you know, are probably um, concerned that, you know, we're back to kind of this great inflation. And I don't think we are because I think the Fed did so much so quickly that it is working. And this is actually what's allowing the Fed to give back some of these rate hikes. Uh, but, you know, it's understandable that, that these are slow moving things that people take note of. Uh, and we see it, you know, everywhere we go that we're, we're paying more uh, than we used to. Yeah, and you talked about wages. You know, not everybody's employer is keeping up with inflation. Some people are lucky enough to get a 2% adjusted, you know, cost of living increase in their year to year paycheck. Some people don't get anything. So, you know, that, that certainly is a problem. 
Uh, but encouraging what you just said there, Urian. And, you know, we're continuing this theme today of reflecting on the past year. You mentioned, Urian, about, you know, we were just talking about interest rates being so high, and that led a lot of investors to, you know, look for some instant gratification this year from high-yield cash accounts, which was one silver lining of, of higher interest rates. Uh, now we're anticipating the Fed starting to cut rates, as we've been saying. So, Leanna, I was wondering if another, you know, possible financial resolution that our viewers out there might want to consider today that might be helpful and timely might be taking this time now to revisit their full plan as things might be changing again. And if you agree with that, how would you recommend going about doing that? Yeah, I think you're right. So last year, you know, we did have really high rates. And so many were saying, you know, why don't I park my money in cash and I can earn 5% and not bother. And, and Urian and I would speak on thinking, having that long-term view even throughout the volatility. Uh, so when it is a great time to revisit the full plan. And when we talk about full plan, it is making sure that you have an emergency fund that has the competitive rate but also making sure that your other goals are aligned to your investments. And that's where that well-diversified strategy can come in. So we talked about, again, short-term goals, and, and that would be appropriate to look at those high yields or money market CDs, but then for intermediate goals or long-term goals like retirement or, or college savings, things like that, that's looking at all the different pieces of the pie and having a well-diversified portfolio that you're comfortable with, your risk tolerance, your time horizon, full financial picture, and then building a plan uh, for that. So that's what I mean when I say, take a look at your full plan. It's a great time to start in January, New or now, New Year's resolutions uh, to do just that. All right, take a look at your full plan. Great suggested steps there, Leanna. Thank you so much for that valuable information. All right, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it is time now for our final Timmer's Take of the year. Urian, what are you watching besides, you know, as, as we look ahead now to what the Fed might do in 2024? What else are you watching? Uh, well, so the, the year is obviously coming to an end. Uh, the market got, you know, a, a, a big holiday present, uh, the Santa rally. Um, in January, you know, we get to do it all over again, and it's uh, and the markets will take a fresh look at at the, the the two things that are always driving the market: earnings and interest rates. And so, you know, in a few weeks into the new year, we'll get the fourth quarter earnings season will get started. And again, it's always a measure of, you know, did we get that soft landing? Um, and so far, it certainly looks that way. So then it's a question of how much will earnings grow by and, and the fourth quarter will give us sort of an early read on that. We know where the Fed is. Um, I, I, and, and so, you know, for me, the question really is what I mentioned earlier, this bullish broadening is I want to see underneath the surface of the market how many stocks are participating because ultimately when you have a sustainable healthy bull market um, it's it's you know it's it's the soldiers that that participate not just the generals and so that will be something that I'm going to be watching for the generals being the large caps and the soldiers being the small caps got it all right you're in and as you like to say it's always earnings season so <laughs> always watching that all right now uh, I don't know if you folks out there know this about Urian, but in addition to being our director of global macro here at Fidelity, he's also a seasoned chef and a mixologist. 
And you can always find him serving up investing tips while working his magic in the kitchen through social media. He's got a series called Invested Not Stirred on social media pages for Fidelity, including TikTok. So we wanted to share his latest video because we thought this might actually be something you might want to consider serving up at your holiday party this year. Take a look. Hello, I'm Urian, and this is Invested Not Stirred, where we learn a little money over a craft mocktail. Gotta keep a clear head to invest. Today we're talking gold while I craft a dazzling gold rush. They're both classics. Gold's been around for thousands of years and has been an effective inflation hedge. It really came into its own as an asset class during the turbulent 1970s. Sounds like someone I know. I love sparkly things. So when the market gets a little shaky, being invested in a fund with gold can be attractive because historically it has held its value when buying power declines. Yuri, I love that gold it. drink looks good. <laughs> it looked really good. I'm not a whiskey or mocktail whiskey, but I think that looked great, and you looked great as always. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Was that as much fun to shoot as it was to watch, Urian? Uh, it, it, it was fun. It's, uh, it's a bigger production than it might seem uh, by watching the finished uh, product, but uh, it was a lot of fun. We shot two or three different ones that day, and uh, uh, it, it was, you know, it's, it's my, my alter ego, I guess. <laughs> It does seem like you're out there. You go, will you be serving the gold rush at your holiday party or something else you're in? I'll be serving something, but I'm not sure what yet. <laughs> well, you can always find Urian on social media. He's always cooking up something exciting and creative. Um, so just a just a little reminder to look for him on TikTok and Instagram on Fidelity's uh, social media pages there. Now remember, if you missed any part of our discussion today and you want to see it again, we show our replays on youtube.com slash Fidelity, or you can search the words market sense on fidelity.com. Also, for more financial resolution guidance and analysis on what we might expect from the markets and the economy in 2024, get out your camera phones. That QR code on your screen right there will take you to our investing outlook page. Also, if you have questions about making a financial plan, Fidelity can help. You can go online, you can go to our website, or you can download Fidelity's app to learn more. And finally, just want to remind everybody about our special 2024 Outlook show. It's going to be Tuesday, January 9th at 2. You can hear from Urian and other Fidelity thought leaders. We're really excited to bring you that special report, and we're working hard through the holiday to get that ready for you. So on behalf of Leanna Devaney and Urian Timmer, I'm Heather Hedges. We want to wish everybody a happy holiday, and we will see you back here in 2024. Fidelity does not provide legal or tax advice. The information herein is general and educational in nature and should not be considered legal or tax advice. Tax laws and regulations are complex and subject to change, which can materially impact investment results. Fidelity cannot guarantee that the information herein is accurate, complete, or timely. Fidelity makes no warranties with regard to such information or results obtained by its use and disclaims any liability arising out of your use of or any tax position taken in reliance on such information. Consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific situation. Information presented herein is for discussion and illustrative 
protective purposes only and is not a recommendation or an offer or solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Views expressed are as of the date indicated based on the information available at that time and may change based on market and other conditions. Unless otherwise noted, the opinions provided are those of the speakers and not necessarily those of Fidelity Investments or its affiliates. Fidelity does not assume any duty to update any of the information. This podcast is intended for U.S. persons only and is not a solicitation for any Fidelity product or service. This podcast is provided for your personal non-commercial use and is the copyrighted work of FMR LLC. You may not reproduce this podcast in whole or in part in any form without the permission of FMR LLC. To the extent any investment information in this material is deemed to be a recommendation, it is not meant to be impartial investment advice or advice in a fiduciary capacity and is not intended to be used as a primary basis for you or your clients' investment decisions. Fidelity and its representatives may have a conflict of interest in the products or services mentioned in this material because they have a financial interest in them and receive compensation, directly or indirectly, in connection with the management, distribution, or servicing of these products or services, including Fidelity funds, certain third-party funds and products, and certain investment services. Investing involves risk, including the risk of loss. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Diversification and or asset allocation do not ensure a profit or protect against loss. Stock markets are volatile and can fluctuate significantly in response to company, industry, political, regulatory, market, or economic developments. Investing in stock involves risks, including the loss of principal. Foreign markets can be more volatile than U.S. markets due to increased risk of adverse issuer, political, market, or economic developments, all of which are magnified in emerging markets. These risks are particularly significant for investments that focus on a single country or region. Fixed income investments entail interest rate risk. As interest rates rise, bond prices usually fall, the risk of issuer or counterparty default, issuer credit risk, and inflation risk. Foreign securities are subject to interest rate, currency exchange rate, economic, and political risks, all of which are magnified in emerging markets. It is not possible to invest directly in an index. Fidelity Wealth Services provides non-discretionary financial planning and discretionary investment management through one or more portfolio advisory services accounts for a fee. Advisory services offered by Fidelity Personal and Workplace Advisors, LLC, FPWA, a registered investment advisor. Discretionary portfolio management services provided by Strategic Advisors, LLC, Strategic Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Brokerage services provided by Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, FBS, and custodial and related services provided by National Financial Services, LLC, NFS. Each a member NYSE, NSI, PC, FPWA, FBS, and NFS are Fidelity Investments companies. This information is intended to be educational and is not tailored to the investment needs of any specific investor. Personal and workplace investment products are provided by Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC, 900 Salem Street, Smithfield, Rhode Island, 02917.